Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. In the world of the internet, it gives us such a huge opportunity to market our businesses more easily, to get exposure, to, um, to touch people that we maybe ne never touched before. But, but in the real world, does having clients 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 miles away really benefit your business? Most of us know, even though we can do business virtually, it rarely resonates and we end up spending a lot of money in the sinkhole of the internet. Mark Zuckerberg gets rich while we don't. And today we're gonna talk about ways to do your business locally, still using the same digital electronic channels. Uh, my guests today are experts in this and uh, they've got really cool stories on how they got there. And um, I think you're really gonna be interested in to, to dig in with us in this conversation. Um, I am Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast, Lessons That You Can't Learn in School. Brought to you in part by C-Suite Radio and Powertexting.com. Powertexting.com uh, is gracious enough as my sponsor to give away a hotel stay to one listener of every podcast show that I do. Uh, four or five nights at a four or five star resort. Uh, you can go to Mexico, you can go to Las Vegas, you can go to Bali. I'm all on powertexting.com. So stay tuned to listen to more of that. We're going to talk about a lot of marketing and techniques and how to get your name out there. One important thing that you need to know when it comes to marketing is getting the right message and touching the right people. You can get that from my book at freebookfromadam.com. It's step-by-step -step tactics that you can use. And when you learn from my guest today, the two things are going to marry very, very well. The very symbiotic businesses. And so I want to introduce uh, Isaac Navias and Kim Coates from Local Fine Marketing. Isaac and Kim, I really appreciate both of you being here today. And we're going to do a little bit of a joint podcast. There's a little bit of background noise. And that's because I screwed up and I didn't tell them how we were going to do this podcast. And so they are remote from where they would like to be. So I apologize to them for being gracious enough to still do it. And for you all to bear with us a little bit, the knowledge is going to be so much more important than a little bit of background noise. We'll all get over it. Isaac and Kim, thanks for joining. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks, Adam. It's nice to have an authentic uh, podcast noise, right? <laughs> exactly. We're going to make this thing real. Um, so Isaac, we're going to start with you because this was a business that you started, but um, you grew up in an entrepreneurial world with your, your dad having an international mask and puppet museum. Um, super cool and <laughs> a little bit creepy at the same time. Well, well we may dig into that a little bit. Um, and you always helped him with his business and, and you saw some of the struggles he, he, ha he had in marketing and getting grants and getting donors to keep that business going. And that probably spurred you a little bit, but you went the corporate route and then you left. So tell us a little bit about that journey in your own words. Yeah. So, you know, just um, growing up in kind of that entrepreneur mindset where my dad was creating something that is unheard of, right? Like no one else, I've never heard of an international master puppet museum before. Um, and he created circus camps. So kids during the, the summer could come and learn how to juggle and stilt and be inside of dragons. Um, you know, just being around that creativity growing up, really, I, I had a goal of owning my own business um, from a very young age. Um, however, when I left college, you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the 2008 burst was in full effect. Um, and while I didn't lose everything, almost nobody was getting a job, but I made like, a, 
I just had this strong passion. I was like, I'm going to get a job in my field. And I was actually one of only two people uh, in my whole college to get an HR job, uh, which is my concentration. I was an executive HR for Target. Um, so I will say that experience was great and really learning a lot about uh, teamwork and systems um, and, and how systems really interact with companies and allow them to, to manage themselves and grow. Um, but I was there for about a year. Uh, I had taken my store from the second worst HR score in the district to the second best, actually. Um, within that time period, my trainers were calling me like, how are you doing this? But I knew something was wrong. I wasn't sure what it was. And so I ended up um, leaving Target and started getting some, um, some medical tests. And I found I had severe sleep apnea. So I was waking up over 40 times an hour. I hadn't gotten REM sleep in over, 10, or over two years. Uh, I was on like a ton of prescription medications. I, I, I call that a really dark time in my life. Because to be honest with you, Adam, I, I don't remember a lot of it. And I didn't have like emotions during it, which was just a kind of a startling experience for me. Wow. Uh, j- j- just listening to it, because I've met you several times, but I, I never knew the story. I got like chills just hearing um, that not only for your story, my wife um, had the, the, the same scenario, different reason for it but there are parts of college that she just doesn't remember um she woke up one time um in a in her car 45 minutes from her house didn't know how she got there so that's probably some of the things that you dealt with where um, you were almost on autopilot yeah just um getting through the day i was i was able to do my work at work well but i had no other willpower or motivation to really be able to do anything else um, and I knew that this wasn't me, um, and but I didn't know what was wrong, and so that's a, that's a really challenging part. So how did you, how did you have the, I guess the willpower is the lack of a better way word to, to find a solution and overcome it. Yeah, I mean that when when you're not sleeping, willpower goes away really quickly. But I've always just kind of known that I was I was meant to really help others. And I think that's one of the ways that um, you can really find extra willpower is when you're working for something beyond yourself. And so I knew that I was meant to, to, I was here to help really help others and that I had to get better in order for that to happen. And so I just kept pushing. Um, and, you know, I found it severe sleep apnea, but I tried the CPAP. I had insomnia, so I couldn't do that. I got the dental thing. I actually spent over $15,000, my whole life savings I had made at Target, um, utilizing modern medicine for them to pretty much tell me, hey, there's something definitely wrong with you. No, we have no clue how to fix it. Um, and to me, that was unacceptable. So that's really when I started reading more books. I started reading books about mindset, books about diet. I started looking online and seeing what other options are available. Um, and I, uh, I just committed. I completely changed my whole diet around. I, um, I really re- reading Think and Grow Rich uh, and really recognizing how negative my mindset had been and really starting to adjust that and starting to see the positives in every situation, whether it was a negative or positive situation, that just key difference right there started switching everything around. And I, was starting, I started getting guided on the path that I needed to take. So I did like crazy things like I actually played the didgeridoo, which is a um, native Australian instrument because they found that playing the didgeridoo increases the vibrations and those vibrations actually help strengthen your throat muscles and reduce your sleep apnea. So I would play the didgeridoo half an hour every single day for like six months. I'm sure my neighbors loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen that. I know a guy uh, who lives up in Sedona, Dr. Scott, you may know him uh, being Arizona as well. 
who that's one of the things he uses to help people stop snoring. Um, yeah. Interesting. And so, um, so on that journey and, and learning the things that you learned, and we'll get to how it helped you in business later, but reading mindset books and, and fixing your mindset, which is critical for every business owner, because so many of us are passionate about what we do. We love our field, but at the end of the day, a lot of people listening might come home and say to themselves, I, I suck at this. I, 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 my business isn't growing. I'm not helping people. I don't know what to do. You were able to do it in your health life. Um, how did you translate that into launching the business? Yeah, so it really comes down to, like I said, finding the positives in any situation because there's always something positive in any situation. And I remember actually when I was really in the thick of things and going through the sleep apnea, telling my dad, Dad, I think God hates me. I don't understand how I could be this young and, and have this much health problems. But after I started to heal and heal my mindset, I actually was able to switch that and say, oh, God actually gave me, told me, hey, Isaac, you need to stop what you're doing right now. You're not on your correct pathway. And that actually allowed me to pivot and start actually becoming an entrepreneur and getting out of the corporate world, which I don't think I was meant to be in in, in the beginning. So I actually now look at this the whole situation as a positive because it guided me to where I was supposed to be. Wow. So it's, and, and, and they say that when you're doing something, no matter what it is, business, life, people that are in your worlds, your friends, if, if it's not right, it will manifest physically. And that was, sounds like it was really true for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you just nailed it right on the head. <laughs> wow. And, and Kim, you know, you, you didn't, you weren't born an entrepreneur. You weren't selling gum to nurses in the hospital. Like I like to say you had your own path. Where, where did you start that led you to where you are today? Uh, so I definitely, what I believe is started amongst the path that a lot of people believe uh, you grow into a family where it's a very set schedule of routine. You need to have a job forever. <laughs> you need to build up your retirement, have a savings account, um, buy a house, buy a car, get married, and, and then die. Like, that's it. <laughs> so I was living this life. Um, I've always wanted to be in the veterinary industry since I was probably four or five. I've always had a strong passion for animals. And um, so I made a goal every time and I would hit it. And just every goal I set for myself, it wasn't too inaccessible. So um, I became a veterinary technician. And um, I graduated in 2012, had a degree, had a license, and then made, you know, 12 to $16 an hour. And that's it. You, there's no growth. There's, that, that's it. <laughs> Which I, at the time I was like, okay, this is it. I'll do this forever. But a big thing with the veterinary industry is that there's this thing called burnout where you get basically compassion fatigue there's so many emotions involved in the veterinary industry and with that being said i actually um had a major medical issue as well this was before isaac and i had met each other um because we met about three and a half years ago but my entire life i um had a sunken in chest basically um but i was diagnosed with asthma and no one could seem to figure out what was wrong with me. I would commonly black out um, and uh, I would fall asleep at the wheel while I'm driving. And I was pretty exercise intolerant. I would get tired easily. But I went to, you know, three or four different cardiologists and no one could seem to figure out what was wrong. 
So something in my gut was telling me to come to Arizona because I was originally in Indiana. And as soon as I moved here, not only did I meet Isaac, which was a huge life changer for me, but um, I was also introduced to Mayo Clinic, which immediately they found out what was wrong. And uh, my heart was actually being flattened by my rib cage. So that was a big issue in itself. So I had to, um, you know, obviously get that fixed, which was a struggle in its own. But when I met Isaac, that's when things really changed around for personal and for business. Well, so you, we all have our challenges and you, you both came together utilizing the challenge that you had and turning them into opportunities. Maybe it didn't seem like that at the beginning. Um, yours both were health challenges. Some people have business challenges or emotional challenges or family or whatever, but turning challenges into opportunities is one of the hardest things to do for almost everybody, especially entrepreneurs trying to build their own way and their own incomes. You were both able to do it. How, how is that past that shared past experience helped you to come together as a couple and as business partners? I would say a big thing for me in meeting Isaac and really discovering that there's a whole nother world outside of having a job forever. <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, there's so many other doors that are open, but there is so much education out there that people just don't know what to access. One of the big things that Isaac introduced me to was education. The two biggest books I would say that changed my life uh, personally and in business was The Magic of Thinking Big. Um, and the untethered soul, because like you and Isaac both said, mindset is the biggest thing for us in both personal and business life. We have to be able to set up, separate ourselves from the little voice that is constantly talking in our heads. I love that. And Isaac, I, I want you to, to weigh on, in on this as well. But one thing that I heard someone say that was really powerful for me uh, along the lines of that little voice is... If someone ever talked to us the way we talk to ourselves, we wouldn't be friends with them. Um, and then that's that little voice. <laughs> no, you wouldn't talk to that person. You wouldn't be friends with that person. So don't be that person for yourself. So I love that that, that was a big part for you. Isaac, for you, how was overcoming what you did in that challenge? How has it made business easier for you? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is, you know, learning these lessons I had to learn through getting through these health challenges has just helped me access and, and remember them. So to be honest with you, Adam, the, the last um, month has been a, a challenge. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff has gone on um, with, with Kim and I, and um, she actually, uh, well, fast forwarding a little bit, she actually had steel bars removed out of her chest. Um, and um, was, uh, you know, was recovering well, then regressed a bit. That was very challenging for us. And um, really in this last couple of weeks, we actually found that we had been letting our internal voices kind of run rampant. And we were worrying about a lot of things. I mean, we really looked at each other and said, wait, no, we know that we're on an incredible path. And we are extremely confident that the universe will provide to us what it needs to for us to accomplish these goals that we set together at the beginning of our relationship. And just, I think, going through those health issues and, uh, you know, having that knowledge allowed us to reconnect with that much faster. We didn't have to relearn it. We just had to really remember it. And we were able to really kind of jump right back into a positive mindset again. So these last two weeks, we've been um, really just a lot happier and, and really like embracing again the fact that 
we've done such incredible things and it can it can be easy to forget that in business because you're always trying to get to the next rung you're always trying to get to that next ladder um and we're actually moving out of our place right now and we're finding all of our old goals and our old score sheets and we're looking at them and being like holy crap i mean in less than a year we were able to create a six-figure business that has recurring monthly revenue and we're employing incredible people and helping them win their lives and helping all of our clients be able to share their gifts with their community. I mean, just looking at it, we were like, wow, we've accomplished a lot. And it can sometimes not feel like that when you're in the trenches, but just remembering that mindset of, I know that we can do this and we will get through this and we will, uh, you know, continue to strive forward. Um, I think that was huge. And we got that through being able to overcome the health issues. Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, I, I think it's so powerful that you were able to do it because you were able to tap into your past overcomings and 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 tap into it and utilize it again but there are people listening that are like this is a great story great for you guys but i try to think positively i try to do things but it, it's just it doesn't work for me it's not about mindset i don't clients don't like me i can't sell right those types of things are probably going through some people's minds what do you say to those people because we all know that the world is full of opportunity if we tap into it. What do you say to the people who are like, that's great that you were able to over overcome it, but, but what do I do? Yeah, so Adam, can I share with you like a whole, the, like the inside secrets into actually how to use positive mindset to actually get results? You better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one thing is Kim and I actually have a habit uh, of every single day we build intentions together. We spend three to five minutes we pick an intention we want to set on and we build intentions together. And we do this every single day. It's a non-negotiable for us. Yeah. Um, but the secret to actually building intentions so they actually start moving you forward in life is those three things. Number one is you actually have to have full belief you can accomplish that thing. That's a lot of things. That's a big one that a lot of people miss. You know, I could say, yeah, I want to make a million dollars this year. But if I don't believe it, it doesn't matter how positively you think about it. It's not going to happen. Um, number two is you have to hold that goal, that intention in your mind for at least 90 seconds straight. 90 seconds doesn't sound like a lot of time until you're actually really trying to hold one thing into your mind for that long. Um, but that is key for actually being able to send out those vibrations um, so that the universe starts guiding you in the correct path. And number three is you have to attach a strong emotion to it. You can say, again, I want to make a million dollars this year. But if you don't have any type of excitement or emotion around it, again, you're not sending out those thoughts that actually have a mass that actually can attract things back to you. Um, so those are the three keys. The other thing to know is that it's not like if you think about something, it will just magically appear. What actually happens is what Napoleon calls, Napoleon Hill calls the infinite intelligence will actually speak to you and will guide you to the right path. So you still have to take action. It's not like something just magically appears out of nowhere. But by building those intentions, your gut will actually start speaking to you and guide you towards the right path to accomplishing the goals that you want to achieve. Such great advice. Such great advice. When I'm working with my clients doing strategic planning and doing um, just overall strategy in general, one of the things that I talk about is it's great to set goals, but we don't have a goal that our employees are going to show up on time. We don't have a goal that our phone's going to work when we dial it. We expect it. But for ourselves, we set goals, but we expect other people to do things. So if you have a goal of making a million dollars, but you only expect that you're going to make 50 grand, you know what you're going to get? 50 grand. 
And you just yep. gave three steps to overcome that. I love that. So those are such powerful things that people can do that have nothing to do with business, but have everything to do with business, right? Mm -hmm. so as you're building this, and, and Isaac, you started the business. Kim, you came a little bit later when Isaac was already running this. Um, it wasn't all straight up from the day you started. You had to keep working on it. You had to keep setting your intentions. You had to keep making tactical shifts in the business more on the, the action side. What are some things that you had to overcome on the business side versus just the mindset side? Well, the first three months, and I think Kim can chime in here. The first three months when we started this business, because um, I had been doing it for a long time, but Kim and I came together and started to, we decided to completely rebrand and relaunch with a singular focus of this local digital marketing. The first three months, we didn't sign a single new customer on board. <laughs> However, it was nonstop hustle. We were working our butts off to see no results, um, no, you know, positive something coming into our lives. But we knew there was something bigger coming. And like Isaac said, he knows he's serving a purpose greater than himself. And I strongly believe that I was put on this earth to fully support him as well in his mission because I believe in that too. But Definitely, it was a struggle that first three months. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having that mindset. And um, again, when the opportunities arise, it's taking them. So really, this is a crazy um, story is that I had connected with uh, a high-end business coach three years ago when I lived in Rochester and he lived in Bozy, Idaho. And I had connected him with another pretty big player in his field at that time. And I hadn't talked to him since. And then suddenly I get an email. I must have been on his email list. I got an email from him saying, hey, we're starting this new network in Sedona. Um, and so I reached out to him. I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but, I, you know, we connected three years ago. Um, and uh, I connected you with somebody. He's like, yeah, absolutely. What are you doing now? So we started talking. And I told him what I was doing. He's like, dude, I got some people for you. And he just started connecting me with um, other clients. And once we really proved that what we did worked with one client, he just started plugging us in with a lot of different clients. And that was really kind of the first initial um, step where we finally started closing new clients. And it came from me helping someone three years ago and then never thinking about it, but then taking that opportunity when it presented itself. And if people take nothing from this other than take the opportunity when it presents itself, um, everyone should write that down because it's so often that we let opportunities slip away. We don't return a phone call. We don't reach out back out to someone who said, oh, I think I need your help. But a day goes by, three days go by, a week goes by, and then you think it's weird if I call them now, but we don't take that opportunity. You, you've proven that even three years later, what you've done for people still rings true and you can be top of mind for someone even if you haven't heard from them in three years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> so important. So we're talking to Isaac Navias and Kim Coates from Local Fine Marketing. As I said, powertexting.com gives away a free trip. If you go to podcasttrip.com, you can register to win that free trip. Super cool places. If you're in Arizona like we are, Rocky Point is one of those places. It's a five-night stay for free in Rocky Point, Mexico. But you can go to Cancun. You can go to Bali. You can go to New York City or Las Vegas. So definitely jump on that. Appreciate people listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. So let's talk about Localfy and what you're doing today. So with the internet, we can connect with people, we can target, we can use what Mark Zuckerberg has created in the world and what the guys at Google have created to find our perfect client. 
but for most people, it's a sinkhole that they keep throwing money into. What is it that people are doing wrong and how should they think about doing it better? Yeah, so, you know, Adam, you really, you really kind of nailed it there. And the fact that there's so many marketing avenues nowadays, and if you choose the wrong one or you're doing the wrong one incorrectly, you're just losing money. Um, and so I think a lot of entrepreneurs just kind of get drawn to some of the key buzzwords, which is like social media, it's SEO, and they, they keep hearing, oh, you need to do these things. And so they don't really know how to do them. So they start, um, you know, hiring someone else to do social media or SEO. But to be honest with you, just, there's just a lot of wannabe people in those fields. There's a lot of people who took a course two years ago. The information might have been great then, but it's not relevant anymore. Um, and so many people just lose their money through that. And then they get marketing trauma. I got to tell you, one of the biggest things that we have to do is just help our clients overcome the marketing trauma that they have. And I don't know if we have a single client who doesn't have it because everyone has been burned um, by spending money on marketing before, and myself, and myself yeah. included. Um, so it's really, you know, the key is really finding the right people. And I think the best way to find the right people is to find someone who is already doing what you want to do successfully and getting them to mentor you and getting them to refer their people that they're working with. Wow. So how, how does that work for you in your business? Obviously, if people come to you and if I refer you, I know the success that you've had for others, but what does the, the random person do to find that person to help them along their path? Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, like I said, the key, I think, is really finding someone who's doing what you want to do successfully and asking them to be a mentor. I'll tell you that one of the biggest reasons that I've continuously had success in my life is I go out and I get phenomenal mentors. And to be honest with you, people love being mentors. You know, one of the best ways to get someone to do something is to make them feel important. And I don't think there's anything that makes people feel more important than asking you them to teach you what they know. Um, and so it's actually, you know, a pretty easy thing to approach some pretty big players and, you know, start a conversation up with them and ask them to be a mentor. And then these people oftentimes have incredible connections so that you're not kind of doing this trial and error and wasting this money here and there. The other big thing is, you know, there's so many reviews online nowadays, you know, so many people don't just do their research. Um, you know, I, this is a pretty crazy story where uh, I get a phone call from a woman one day and she's like, uh, you know, I, I wanted to call you. I was just referred by one of your clients and I was actually just about to sign a contract with uh, an SEO another SEO company, at the last moment, I decided, okay, I want to do some research. So I asked in some of his clients and I started calling them and I called one of your clients and she just went on a 15 minute rampage about how terrible that other SEO company was. They stole her money and everything. And then she said, okay, and what you need to do is call Isaac because Isaac has helped us out. Isaac has actually delivered. And so this woman came and found me because another company was using my work to promote themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but she at least made that call. She didn't just take the, oh, he has some clients and just went with him. She made the call, did the research, and good thing she did or she would have been taken advantage of by that other company. Oh, yeah. And it happens so often, right, that it, well, we can all look great online, right? I, I, my social media field looks like I'm a world traveler. And um, I'm sitting in Salt Lake City, which is a beautiful town. I love it here. But I'm at the Hyatt place in Salt Lake City, right? My life is not as glamorous in real life as it is on, on social media. And the same is true for business results, 
right? We, I can say something online and people take it as truth. So doing your homework and don't just buy on emotion, do the work to find out the right people and, and get the real facts. And one of the things that you're so successful with in driving people, um, driving results for people is not only your methodology, but the uniqueness of the local vision that you take that a lot of folks don't. How did you decide on local and local fi as your business as the path to success for your clients? Well, so, you know, when I, when I left uh, Target, I, you know, I started looking obviously for other jobs and um, I kept either getting executive level job offers or like crappy part-time job offers. And I said, no, I'm going to start my own company. Um, so I started consulting, but what I realized is I use Google Maps to find all my businesses. But when I was looking at it, no, almost none of these businesses were doing anything with the Google Maps. And so I actually went to a chiropractor and I said, hey, can I just try and optimize your Google Maps and see what happens? This was eight years ago before this local marketing was really even a thing. He was like, yeah, I guess, go ahead. So I optimized it. And within two months, he had so many new uh, clients that he had to bring on another chiropractor. Then he had to just turn people away. He couldn't handle it. So I was like, well, I guess I'm onto something here. And so uh, last year, August, Kim and I really sat down and we said, we want to create a, a real business now. Um, you know, we've traveled all over the U.S. We've, we've done awesome that, but we want to create a real business. And I looked at all the things that I had done um, through my eight years of entrepreneurship. And this local marketing has always been consistent. I mean, I have just an insanely high track record of actually driving new customers and actually driving results. Um, and so that's really why we decided to, to jump in and that. And it really synergized, I think, with both Kim and I's passion to help community. I love it. I love it. And, and Kim, you're out in the community all the time. That's how we first met um, mm-hmm. was, I don't, I don't even remember, but it was through yeah. local networking. I don't know if we exchanged business cards or if we. Uh, like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, and, and totally random. And, um, and then we found out, oh, we know the same people. Oh, we go to the same events. Right. And we saw each other at an event. And so you're out and about all the time. But you said when you first started for the first three months, it was all about hustle. You were hustling, but no business was coming in. Now you're still out in the community, but you're doing something different. How did that shift happen for you where the alignment with what you were offering and your audience change from just hustling to conversing and connecting? Well, that is a great question. (laughs) Remember that one part I said how education is so important. Well, this is where it really comes into play because everyone is so familiar with practice makes perfect. You have to fail before you, you know, get up to walking. Well, I failed a ton. That is probably what I'm where I'm at now. But honestly, um, I did jump into networking. I've always loved talking to people. And I've heard from a lot of people in my life, including bigger players too, that I, they're like, are you a salesperson? Because you would be incredible. I just feed off of other people's energy. So I've always been good at that. However, the messaging is a different story. So speaking honestly, in the beginning, when I was out there networking and getting my face and the company out there, um, I was horrible. I was turning people off very quickly. Um, It was all about me, me, me instead of them. But honestly, the biggest thing that changed that is the education, learning, um, what was the book, Story Branding? Uh, Creating a Story Brand, I believe. Yeah, Creating Your Story Brand is a big book that really changed the game for LocalFi as well as for 
the person who goes out there and has to talk about the business, which was me. Um, I've always been the real people person while Isaac always has had, you know, the vision, the mindset, um, you know, everything like that. So I would say just learning the messaging and practicing a lot has got me to where I am currently. I love it. And so how did, how did you, um, how did you change the message, right? You knew what you did. And, and I find this with my clients and um, some past episodes of the show, we've talked with people about, you know, entering the conversation that's going on in their head, rather than saying, I do this, it's you will receive this. How did you personally make that shift? Well, I know a lot of what we do within Localfy is all about the hero's journey and what kind of story you're telling. So in terms of messaging, we've really positioned ourselves as the guide in the story and not the hero. You can't be the hero in your customer's journey. It just doesn't quite make sense. They're the hero. We just want to guide them to what is the proper solution to their problem. And speaking honestly, too, we have learned um, that you know, if we're not able to help someone, we still want to guide them to something that can help them. Even if it's not us, we have, you know, a large tribe and a lot of referral partners who we purposely put in our tribe so that we're able to help everyone just a little bit. That's so powerful because we, turning away a customer is so foreign to what people should think about as business owners, because obviously because we want to drive dollars into our own pocket at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, but if you refer a non-ideal client of yours to somebody that is better for them, you still win, right? Right. It's all about reputation. So that way, when it does turn out great for that person, guess what? They'll probably come back to us and say, hey, remember that one time you helped me? Well, I need help again. How can you help me with this? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And you can find Isaac and Kim at localfy.us. They've got a ton of free resources and tools. Um, They're happy to jump on the phone and just talk about where you are. It's not, um, hey, you've got to hire us. They'll talk about where you are and they'll refer you to the right person if they're not right. So I love this about them. Um, They're just super givers. And um, I've learned that about them, which is why I was so psyched to have this conversation. And we could do this all day. But I I, want to, we need to wrap up, but I need to know. All right. So digital marketing and the concept of finding customers where they are in their journey, those don't always match up, right? Because one is putting yourself out there and being um, visible in your local market. The other is letting the other person make the decision. And you guys know how to do that well. How do you tie those two things together by making a company super visible, but also letting it be the buyer's decision to engage? Yeah. So, you know, in terms of how people are finding businesses today, you know, because of the mobile, um, you know, everything's changed with the cell phone and how mobile we all are now. So, a majority of people actually use the phones to find their businesses and they're using these apps like Google Maps, like Yelp, like TripAdvisor. Um, and so that's how you get in front of them if you're trying to drive local business to your company. Now, the beautiful thing with these apps is they allow people to leave reviews. 
And so one of the biggest things that we do is actually help with the reputation. So we're actually going to go out and we actually create review systems for our clients. We give them tools to make it really easy to leave reviews. We give them tips on how to ask for reviews that actually cause people to convert. Because, you know, the difference is, you know, some, saying something like, oh, this restaurant is great, I loved it, versus telling a story about it, using emotion in it, um, you know, and overcoming objections. So that's one of the big things we'll do is we'll actually figure out, okay, what are the three biggest objections that your clients have for your company? And we'll actually go out and get reviews that overcome those objections. And then I have some ninja tactics on how to make sure those reviews show up at the top. Um, so people are reading those first. But what happens then is selling becomes so much more fun because your clients, your customers are actually selling for you. And it's so much more powerful than you trying to overcome all of these objections yourself. So we've just found that not only are we actually able to get right in front of people who are looking for your, what you have to offer right then, because 75% of people who click on a local listing, they take action to buy something within 24 hours. I mean, that is powerful. But not only that, but word of mouth conversion goes through the roof. We've seen this time and time again, where we're not just driving customers online, but now when somebody tells you about something, you go and Google it to see what other people are saying first. And if you have a great reputation on your Google business card, when people are looking at that, they're sold. They're ready to come in. They're ready to buy what you have to offer before you even have to talk to them. So there's so much benefit on really being able to engage your customers and getting them to really shout from a rooftop about how great your company is. It's always better when someone else sells you, right? And when those people come into the business, they're already sold, right? Now it's all about, um, do they actually like you uh, because they're already pre-sold on the service. So I want you to, to as we wrap up, I want you to um, not brag about yourself and what you can do, but I want you to brag a little bit about the success of your clients because you've had some amazing client success stories. And I want you just to paint a little picture, maybe with one or two clients that you've had and the results that they got, not necessarily what you did, but the results that they got by mm -hmm. having this engagement and, and positioning themselves right and understanding how to utilize their own internal raving fans for the benefit of their business. Definitely. And so, you know, one of, one of the, um, you know, companies that I've just had a great time working with, I'm so proud of what they've been able to achieve is uh, Bitters Bar and Food, which is, in my opinion, the best cocktail place in Scottsdale. Agreed. Um, best best old-fashioned I've ever had. Uh, when we started, they had they were just about to hit their year mark um, on Google. They were being seen about 23,000 times a month, which, you know, it's pretty good for just in their first year. With, with, with working with us with, in only five months, we actually bumped that up to 63,000 times a month that they were being viewed on Google. That's a 40,000 increase per month. And what's happened is that now that they're regularly full, they don't have to worry about where customers are coming from anymore and they've been able to employ their staff and so their staff are, have more reliable hours, more consistent hours, everything like that. Now the owner is actually looking at opening up multiple locations because they have that marketing that they know that they can drive customers. And so that's so powerful. And we've been able to see that time and time again. Another uh, place that we're working with, Tricor Fitness, again, incredible place. They care so much about fitness and really providing um, a, a unique uh, kind of technique to make sure that you are uh, staying fit. And she, she was struggling at the time. You know, she had been open for a year and she still wasn't in the black. Within three months of working with us, 
She's now in the black. She's making profit every month. And now we're starting to look at, okay, how can we start franchising this? We know we now have a marketing system that works that we can consistently drive great customers. And so that just opens up really your freedom to grow, which is what I think is just so powerful is that freedom of knowing that you can grow because you know that you are constantly attracting those awesome customers that really need you need to fuel your business. That's so cool. I love you guys. It's great having the opportunity to talk to you. Great conversation, not only on your stories, which is what it's all about, right? It's, we're still a person-to-person world, and the things that you can do and the way that you can utilize the technology that none of us know how to do, um, and we all screw up in our businesses, and you guys know how to bring home for us, um, but also putting real-life results attached to it. What others have succeeded in, now you can concede in as, succeed in as well for everybody out there. It's easily doable and it doesn't cost a fortune. So last question for me and then we have to wrap up. What is the first step people need to do when it comes to their digital presence, when it comes to how people see them online? Obviously, they need to go to your website. They need to get your resources and talk to you all. But what can they do when they jump off of this podcast to do right now to just increase their own digital presence and digital reputation? Um, the first thing I would say is to Google the business name and see what shows up. So Google actually populates these things called Google business cards. On a desktop, it's literally the first thing on the right-hand side. On the mobile, it is the first thing that shows up is a Google business card. And for most people, they don't actually realize they have one. And what it looks like is an ugly picture of the outside of their house or their building, their, you know, where they're located, because it's just the Google car that's driving past. There may be one or two reviews. Usually they're not positive reviews, because if you don't have a great review system, the people who are living, leaving reviews are the ones who are not the happiest <laughs> with you. Um, and so, you know, we, we talked to a world-famous photographer, and we looked at his Google business card, which, again, he didn't create Google populated himself. It was a picture of the outside of his house and one two-star review. And this is a world-famous photographer. Um, you know, so that's the first thing that I suggest. And you can actually claim your Google My Business listing. If you go to, you can either just Google Google My Business or go to www.google.com backslash business. And you can actually claim your listing for free if it's out there. Um, and so that's the first thing that I tell people to do is that Google Business Card, that's the first thing people see when they go online. And if it doesn't look great, you don't know how many customers you're just automatically losing because maybe their friend told them about you, but they went online and they were not impressed. And so they never followed up. And remember, it only takes seven seconds to make a first impression. And you want to make sure you look very good. The other thing I was going to say as well is if you go onto our website, localfi.us, um, Adam, you had mentioned we have some free resources on there, and we actually have this really cool tool uh, called a business scan, where if you go on there and type in your, uh, your business and address phone number, it'll actually show you how you are showing up across all the local listing platforms online. So that way you can see if there's missed opportunities um, or if you have inconsistent addresses in different areas. It's just a really useful tool for any customer, any business. And, and what it comes down to, Adam, is like 80% of businesses have wrong addresses or phone numbers or websites online, and Google stops trusting you and your customers stop trusting you. And if you've ever moved a location or moved into a, a location that was a previous business, there's like a 100% chance that there's going to be incorrect data out there online that 
hurting your SEO, it's hurting your website, and it's hurting your trust factors for your clients. And overall ranking too. Yep. That is huge free advice that they just gave you. So for everyone listening, um, go do that right now because I just did it while I was, um, while they were talking, I just Googled myself. And um, I hope I'm not overstepping and I hope you agree with me. But um, if you have a business name, whatever your business name is, so if it's LocalFi, which you guys are, but sometimes people Google you, right? They Google Isaac Navia, so they Google, Google Kim Coates. What should people do when people look for them versus looking for their business name? How can they tie the two together? Yeah, so we actually just um, about a month ago launched a package primarily focused for authors, speakers, coaches, um, and it's actually still creating a Google business card in your name. So our goal there really isn't to drive traffic, but it's, again, to have that great conversion when people are looking you up, to have people instantly like and trust you when they Google you because you're coming out with all these great reviews and what people are saying and have great pictures and we put pictures of social proof so you're talking on the stage and that kind of stuff. So you can actually create a Google business card for you as a person as well. Awesome. You guys are amazing. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you driving all over town to um, <laughs> the wrong place. That's my bad. Thanks, everyone, for listening. But thank you guys for being here. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Isaac. I appreciate you. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Adam. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast on C-Suite Radio. We'll talk to you on the next one. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.